Scripture tells us in, in uh, Hebrews that the Word of God is quick. It's powerful. It's sharp. It's a divider. Right. It's a discerner. And so I'm believing this morning that as you are listening to the Word, you're not just hearing with your natural ears, but you're also hearing with your spiritual ears in Jesus' name. And it's going to bring transformation to you. It's not going to make you feel good, but it's going to come and it's going to correct. It's going to encourage you and it's going to make you very uncomfortable to the place that you want to change. Come on. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. You may be seated. Good. Thank you. We've been studying about the blessed life, and uh, during our time of prayer and fasting, the Holy Spirit, I had a visitation um, last Saturday, um, and uh, the Lord really challenged me about some things in regards to honor, and I shared some of those with you last week as we were studying through the scriptures, and uh, we're going to pick that up here today, and hopefully I'll get um, all of this through I want you to remember about the blessed life, that it's about that God isn't just trying to get wealth to us, God is trying to get wealth through us. And uh, just like what Sharon was talking about, you know, there are people in Gratiot County that are homeless. Um, you know, we t sometimes think, well, in Saginaw, we know there's homeless, and you know, but, but not out here. Well, there are homeless people in our area here. And uh, there are people that uh, at times, just get into difficulty. And it's not ours to judge why they're in difficulty. It's ours to do what we can to help. And, uh, you know, we can't give what we don't have. So if God blesses us, then we want to do everything we can to try to help those who are without. I know when I was a kid and uh, my mother was making $5,000 a year as a waitress uh, off of her tips, and she was raising four children, we were living in the projects of Akron, Ohio. I know that we could not have made it had other people not have helped my mom. Uh, there were people in the church that actually uh, uh, would take my brother Ed, who was a hellion, and would take him to their home after church on Sunday and give him dinner and let him spend the day with them just so that he could have a solid home foundation that he was actually a part of. My sister Shalise. Uh, had a woman that reached out to her uh, through church again and uh, said, uh, I just want to uh, be a blessing. Would take Shalice out and buy her a pair of shoes or buy her a dress or, you know, or find out from my mom what Shalice would need and uh, would be a blessing to her. And so, you know, it, look, we can't give what we don't have. So we, what God wants to do is to bless us as long as our mentality is, is to bless others and to be a blessing to them. Amen? Now, I just want to just challenge you as we get into this message today. You know, if I was at a certain place in the United States, and I had a million dollars, and I called you on the phone, and I said, I'm going to give you a million dollars if you get to where I'm at, okay? And you say, well, where are you? And I say, well, I'm in this remote location. Let me give you the directions of what you need to do. Now, if there are extensive directions you're not going to try to remember those directions. What are you going to do? You're going to write those directions down because 
you know, you're going to try to figure, you know, you're at least going to want an address that you could put in your GPS device, right? So that you could make sure that you get to where I am because you value getting, if you believe I have that million, you believe there's a lot of value in me getting there and it's worth it for me to pay attention, write this down so that I can get there. Today, the Lord is going to say something to you. Now, you know, I take notes during messages, but I don't write everything down that the preacher is saying because you need to listen too. You, you miss too much. If all, you're, all we're doing is writing notes the whole time. This isn't a classroom. This is a church service. And so, but as the Holy Spirit speaks to us, something that really sticks out, we go, you know what, that's, that's for me. You need to make sure that you're writing that down somewhere so that you can reflect upon it and remember it during the week and continue in the weeks ahead. One word from God can change the whole trajectory of your life. One thing that God says to you can move your whole life a totally different direction. And so, look, as the Holy, I've prayed, I prayed a lot this last week for this message today for you. And uh, I was up at uh, 4.30 this morning praying for you. And uh, I absolutely believe today God's going to say something to you. Amen. So this idea of honor, what the Lord spoke to me, and I'll just kind of run through these and then we'll look at a couple of scriptures. Um, God spoke this to me. Honor is the highest form of faith. Honor is the highest form of faith. Let me, let me put it in this kind of perspective. Honor affects outcome. Okay, honor affects outcome. So the Bible says things like this, honor your father and your mother in the Lord and you'll live a long life. This is out of Ephesians 6, right? So if I don't honor my mother, my mother and my father in the Lord, what can I expect? Not a long life, obviously, because there's an outcome to honor. Are you with me? Yes. You say, well, my parents were creeps. Well, look, I, I get that. I, get, I totally understand that. But you wouldn't be here without them. Right. So even if they were just donors to help make you be here, okay, you're still here. And so we honor them in the Lord. We don't honor what they did, that they, maybe they punched us or hit us or kicked us or cursed us or whatever that they did or belittled us. That's not what we're honoring. What we're honoring from them is, is that they were our parents, that they, you know, in some way they took care of us. They may not have always, you know, some of your parents were amazing. I mean, Jeannie was blessed with two really great parents. Her dad and her were best friends. I mean, this is an, this is an amazing thing. Sharon's got a, a mother that is like, was, was her best friend till I came along. And, uh, but, uh, and then she became my best friend, you know, but yeah. But, but see, honor with it affects outcome. So let's think about this. Out of Proverbs chapter three, it says, Honor the Lord with your substance and with the first fruits of your increase and the Lord will cause your barns to be full. So if we look at that and we say, okay, what is the outcome of honoring the Lord with my substance? I get full barns. How many of you like full barns? I like full barns. I like that I got the stuff that I need. I had to replace two faucets in my home yesterday and uh, one, I'm grateful I had the money to buy two new faucets. Two, I'm grateful I've got the right tools. All you guys know it, it's important to have the right tools to do the job. When Sharon and I got married, my right tools was a butter knife and a hammer. 
Those are not good. To, a hammer's good for nails, but it's not good for what I was using it for. So to have the right tools makes jobs a lot easier, right? So when we honor the Lord, what happens is he causes our barns to be full. Remember, not so we can hoard, but so that we can be a blessing. We can reach into the storehouses and pull out and be a blessing to others. Amen? Honor has outcome. Jesus in his own hometown, and uh, Greg, if you have that passage there, Mark chapter, I don't know if I gave that one to you, Mark 6, 4 through 6, but in his own hometown, while he, people were coming to him, uh, they would not honor him. And, his, and so he said, a prophet is not, is, is not without honor except in his own country, among his own relatives, and in his own house. He could do no mighty works there. So honor in healing, obviously, anointing, honor in the anointing, has an outcome to it. If I don't honor the anointing that's present, like, you know, while we were singing that song, I speak the name of Jesus today. If we honor the, what's being, what we are saying in that to who our God is, there's a divine connection that happens, okay? Now, you, know, you and I both know that we can sing all kinds of songs, and we just go through the motion of singing those songs. It may not really be affecting us at all. We do it here at church all the time. But when we sing and we honor the, 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 the message that's inside that, the anointing that's on that, that, then what happens is there's a divine connection that takes place. Why? Because we are releasing our faith, we're releasing our faith, and faith carries with it expectation, excitement, and excellence. So honor carries with it expectation, excitement, and excellence. When we, ex when we are honoring something, we have a greater expectation. When we really have a, sit when we are in a situation like these people in Jesus' hometown, they didn't expect him to do anything great. So guess what? Nothing great happened. But if they had expected him to do what he had done in other places, if they had raised their level of expectation, what would have happened? Excitement would have happened. I mean, there would have been an enthusiasm in their lives about where they were, about Jesus coming back home. But there was no excitement about it. And there would always be an excellence. You know what? When I say excellence, uh, excellence is the idea. It's not perfection. Excellence is definitely not perfection. But excellence is like the last 5% of a job. It's the excellence is, you know, in every job that you do in your home, the last 5% is, is, is the hardest to get done. I mean, I've been in homes, and I'm not looking at anybody in particular, but they renovated a room, and they didn't put the trim back up yet. They said, well, we're going to get to that. Okay, well, when are you going to get to it? Well, it's not important right now, so I'm on to other stuff. Well, excellence is the last 5%. It's doing that last little bit. And it's, look, I get it. Our priorities shift, you know, as we, we work through things. But excellence is finishing the job. Excellence is also that I have, out of my expectation and my excitement, that I'm doing my very best to be prepared for what's about to happen. For example, when you come to church, if you are prepared, you brought a Bible with you. You got a Bible. You know why? Because the church uses the Bible. So we have a Bible. Now, it doesn't have to be a paper Bible. It could be an electronic Bible, but you have a Bible with you. If you're expecting God to say something to you, 
then you're going to have some paper or the ability to be able to put it. I usually put mine in my uh, memos of my phone so that I can look at them and reflect upon them later. But you're going to have some kind of vehicle available to you that you're going to put it down so that you can later on, according to what it says in the book of, uh, um, you're going to write the vision so you can run with it, basically. Where's that at? Habakkuk, thank you. So, you know, you have, to, you have to put these things down so you can run with them later. You can't run with them at this moment. And really, you don't need them right now. You need them for when it's time to run. Amen. So we honor that. I, honor is the highest form of faith. The centurion who came, uh, sent it, went to Jesus, he came because of his servant. His servant was sick. Jesus said, I've never seen faith like this guy has because the guy said, you don't even have to come to my home. I, I recognize your authority. All you have to do is say the word and my servant will be made whole. So out of that, what happens is this centurion has brought honor to the anointing that's on Jesus. And out of that honor for that anointing, the centurion's servant is instantly healed the moment that Jesus says, go and he, your servant will be made whole. Dishonor is the highest form of doubt. Dishonor is the highest form of doubt. It's one step from unbelief. It manifests as familiarity. Familiarity, it manifests in how that we treat things, how we deal with things. Familiarity. You know, if you're married, you probably feel like you've figured your spouse out, and so you treat them as familiar. You figure out how they're going to react, how they're going to deal with stuff. But we cannot allow familiarity to replace honor that we should give to one another. Marriage, you know, the, the, the marriage is honorable before God. The marriage bed is honorable before God, according to what Peter said. So what we have to do is that we have to respect, we have to, we have to bring that honor to one another. We bring that same honor to our parents. We bring that same honor to our giving to the Lord. We bring that same honor in, in how that we receive healing and how all those things. Now, if I stood up here and I said, and just put it bluntly, okay, the reason you're not healed is because you don't honor the Lord or you don't honor the anointing that's here. Well, that just ticks me off, Pastor, that you said that. All right, well, you're not blessed. You do not have the financial resources that you need because you do not honor the Lord with what you have. All right, put them up, right? Because see, those, that, that almost feels offensive to say that. But the reality is, is that if we do not bring honor, what if we stand before the Lord and we say, well, you didn't have a long life because you didn't honor your mom and your dad. It didn't say you have to agree with your mom and dad, but you do have to honor them. You say, well, how do, how do I? Look, you can disagree with them, but you can't be disrespectful about them. What is disrespect? You go around saying bad stuff about them, right? Look, what happened between you and them was between you and them. If you're not talking to them, you shouldn't be talking to other people about it, unless you're in therapy or something, okay, right? Same in my marriage. My wife doesn't talk bad about me to other people. Yeah, she just wouldn't do that. I don't talk bad about her. I don't call her the old ball and chain when I'm hanging out with a bunch of guys. She's my wife. 
She's a gift from God. I obtained favor from the Lord when I got when she came into my life. Now you don't honor that, and what will happen? Well, you lose what you don't honor. You lose what you don't honor. Respect released is faith released. Respect released is faith released. God's people do not have a resource problem. They have an honor problem that manifests in their priorities. And Jesus talked pretty, pretty straightforward about this. He says, I asked people to do stuff, and they said, man, I got stuff going on. Well, you know, we all got stuff going on. You could have been somewhere else this morning, right? You could have been somewhere else. You could be doing something else when you should be praying or reading your Bible or growing spirit. So what happens is, is that we, we, we don't have a resource problem. We really are dealing with how our priorities are structured in our life. And this, when they're structured and they're out of kelter or they're out of order, then we're going to have an honor problem with that, okay? So it, what ends up happening is, and this can happen with any relationship, and, and it can happen with our relationship with God, it will manifest itself as skepticism, cynicism, and distrust. Skepticism, that we become skeptical. Cynical, because we make fun of, we ridicule, and distrust. We just have trouble trusting. Now, let's get into the meat of this. That's just all review from last week. I got a little bit of time left. Tithing is a test of our honor of God. It really is. And it's a test he told us to take. In Malachi, it says there, put me to the test if I'll not open to you the windows of heaven. So God says, this is a test you don't take alone. I'll take this test with you. You do what I tell you to do, and I will do what I tell you I will do. All right? But you know, it's amazing, you know, to, to in, the, in, God's, in our world that somehow we think we can do contrary to what God says and still expect the same results that God spoke of. Well, that really is a kind of insanity, isn't it? That we think, well, I don't, you know, I'm just going to do whatever I want, but I still expect God's going to do what he said he would do. You know, my Bible says, and it says it over and over again, is, is that we draw near to God, then he draw near, draws near to us. It's not the other way around, okay? We like to make it feel that. We, we like to think it's that way, but it is not that way. We, draw, we have to take the first step, and then God takes the next step, all right? So when I draw near to God, then what God does is that he draws near to me. But if I stay far from God, even though God is still there, I'm not experiencing his nearness because of my They go, well, we're older, we're more baloney.
good. No, no. The reason that he wants you to do what he said is because he knows it will make you feel better. Because this is the way he created you. And I go to, I mean, our church, we got a pretty strict structure here, the way that things operate. But I mean, I go to. that's teaching that tithing isn't in the New Testament, they're lying to you and you need to quit listening to them. Because to me, you know, you say, well, the rest of what they say is good. Uh, Okay, so you can get good food out of a garbage can too. So, I mean, but do you really want to eat something that's contaminated with the wrong stuff? Well, I just pick off the bad stuff and eat the good stuff. How about we just get to a good place where we could get good food instead of eating the garbage? So you have some TV preacher telling you, well, you know, and I've had a, I've had a friend that got into this, and I just said, you're wrong. So, and, uh, you know, I said, I'm not going to dismiss you as a friend, but you're wrong. You're absolutely wrong. And he hadn't taught it again anyway. So um, Genesis, listen to this. So tithing is biblical. Genesis 14, 18. Genesis 14, 18. Uh, It's a little bit further down. There we go. Thank you. And uh, Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was the priest of God Most High. And Abraham gave him tithes of everything. A tithe of everything. This is 500 years before the law. 500 years before the law. So, I mean, if people say, well, it was only in the Old Testament... Well, there wasn't even the law by now. Uh, Genesis 28, 22, And this stone which I've set as a pillar shall be God's house, and all that you give me, God, I will surely give a tenth to you or a tithe to you. That's 400 years before the law. Leviticus 27, 30 says this, And all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's, and it's holy to the Lord. The tithe is holy. The tithe is a holy thing. That means it's sanctified, it's separated. 
So when we are using it for our own things, when we're using it for our own stuff, we're taking what God has said is holy and we're applying it to our own stuff, okay? So we need to think about that as we, as we, uh, how we're operating with the tithe. Deuteronomy 26.1, And it shall be when you come into the land which the Lord your God has given you as an inheritance and you possess it and you dwell in it that you shall take some of the first of all the produce of the ground which you shall bring from the land that your Lord your God has given you and you'll put it in a basket and go to the place where the, where the Lord your God chooses to make his name abide. Where the Lord chooses to make his name abide. Which for you and I is here. This is where the Lord, we feel the Lord has placed us. Okay, this is, the, this is our church. This is our, the ministry God has called. This is our house of worship. And I mean, it, it's not, I love what Jeannie said. It's not the building. This is the place that I come to join with other believers, to have Christian community, amen, to be encouraged, to worship, to hear the word. Deuteronomy 12, 5 through 7 says this, but you shall seek the place where the Lord your God chooses out of all your tribes to put his name for his dwelling place, and there you will go. You go to that place. There you'll take your burnt offerings, your sacrifice, your tithes, the heave offerings of your hand, your vowed offerings, your freewill offerings, and the firstborn of your herds and flocks, and there shall eat from the Lord. You shall eat before the Lord your God, and you shall rejoice in all to which you have put your hand and your households in which the Lord your God has blessed you. That's interesting about this because notice that it says here that you shall seek the place where the Lord your God chooses. You know, when we go to a body of believers, a church, we have to realize that this is the place that we believe God has chosen for us to be at. It may not be everything we like. In fact, if you have a pastor that tells you everything you want to hear, you're in the wrong church. Because if I can't challenge you about your thinking and I make you a critical thinker about stuff, then I'm missing, I'm missing the boat, man. I'm not, doing my, I'm not doing what God called me to do. Now look, God takes his people and he sets them in families. Psalm 68, 6 says this. And this is an amplified version. God places the solitary in families and gives the desolate a home in which to dwell. He leads the prisoners out to prosperity, but the rebellious dwell in a parched land. So what does God do? He sets a place for us to go. It's a place we bring our tithe, okay? And I've had people say before, well, you know, I watch so-and-so's ministry. I send them their tithe. Okay, well, that isn't the house that God called you to go to. Now, you, it could be a temporary thing that you're doing, but the house that God is the church that you're a part of. You know, and it's interesting, God puts us in families. So, you know, if you're, you're here and you're going, well, you know, I don't know about all that. I mean, I don't really look at this place as my family. Let me tell you how we know the difference between a family member here and a guest. Here's how we know the difference. All right? When you're a guest at my house, I don't make you wash the dishes. When you're a guest at my house, I don't ask you to clean up. When you're a guest at my house, I don't, I don't expect you to make the food. But when you're family, I absolutely expect you to do that. I tell my kids, get in there and help your mother, right? 
get in, or I'll go help her. I'll, I tell them, your mom needs help, okay? I mean, she needs help with the dishes. She needs getting the food on the table. We need to go downstairs and get the And look, all of us are gifted differently, okay? And uh, am I and am I contributing? So we can all sit around and be all about the tithe needs to be going to the leap, not you giving your
And I have brought... who dwelt in Jerusalem to month. And then when Hezekiah and the leaders came and saw the heaps, they blessed the Lord and his people. And Hezekiah, Hezekiah, excuse me, he questioned the priests and the Levites concerning the heaps, all this stuff that had been brought in. And Azariah, the chief priest from the house of Zadok, answered him and said, since the people began to bring the offerings into the house of the Lord, we had enough left, for the Lord has blessed it. Notice here, the Lord has blessed his he blessed them because why? Because they were being a blessing. He blessed his people and what is left is this great abundance. What is left is this great abundance. Well, pastor, I'm already a tither, so I don't know why you're preaching about this. I don't know what the big, what the big deal is about, you know, you're going on and on about this because I want to know, are you honoring the Lord? That's what I want to know because you can throw money in a basket and that's not honoring the Lord. And you can do an automatic draft every week and that's not honoring the Lord just because you're doing it. You honor the Lord in your actions and your action of giving, but you also honor the attitude of how you give. Tithing is not about a series of rules and responses about you and us. I'm honoring the Lord in my life. I'm thanking God for what I have, for what he has me. Listen, one, because I know how stupid I've been in the past, and I deserve nothing. I've tried to wreck my life too many times, but the thing is that I can honor the Lord because I recognize where I came out of Egypt, which we talked about in our first week. So here's three questions I just want to ask you today. What's God saying to you today? What's he telling you? What's he speaking to your heart right now about? You know, is he talking to you about questioning, is this really the house that you're supposed to be a part of? If, he, if you're sure about that, then look, get involved, man. This thing is much more better if we all do our part. Amen. It's, it's, and it's much more fun, believe me. What is God saying to you? Is he telling you that, look, take, test me, start tithing. We had a young lady, I don't think I shared this in this service last week, but I got a text from 
a young couple in our church uh, two week, uh, last weekend, and uh, right after I got this vision from the Lord, and uh, said that God's dealt with us that we need to start tithing, and uh, we're going to quit making the excuse we can't afford to tithe. We're just going to start doing it. We're putting it in our budget, so we're shifting our priorities so we can do it. Now, look, whatever you do, let's be clear, it's your business. It's not between you and me. I'm going to love you whether you tithe or not. Look, you can come here the rest of your life and never do a single thing, not give one dime, and not, not serve here at all. And I'm the kind of person, as a pastor, I will love you. I will do your funeral. I will marry your kid because that's the kind of person I am. I don't go, well, I'm not doing their funeral. They didn't tithe here. They didn't serve here. No, I'll do all of that. Why? Because that's a, I'll still preach the same awesome sermons I preach every week here, whether you give or you don't give because I, <laughs> or serve here. I'm not going to let that hinder me from bringing my best. You're not bringing your best. What's the guy to do about it? We're going to do about it. What are you going to do about clearly that place give the worship so <laughs> 